I'm in Adelaide at the moment and uh, I've just been to the Adelaide um, Art Gallery of South Australia to a collection of fashion icons which contains masterpieces from the collection of the Musée des Arts Décoratifs in Paris. And uh, um, there's an awful lot in this about, about fashion and clothing. And I'm talking today to Mathieu Henneberg, who's the Wood Jones Professor of Anthropological and Comparative Anatomy at the University of Adelaide, who has been working on clothes sizing. So uh, we'll be talking about the interesting area of clothes, sizing and obesity. So Mathieu, can you introduce us to the, the topic? Uh, well, the topic is as old as the first human garments, because there is a need to cover human body by two-dimensional pieces of material, and the body is a very complex three-dimensional object, and nobody ever in the whole history succeeded perfectly well in therefore covering the body as people would like it to be covered. And there is an interaction between garment manufacturers or people who make clothing, tailors, dressmakers, and owners of the bodies. So the actual people who wear clothing. And we all have to wear something, which is only questioned by a few nudists, so it's not a big deal. And how we do it is a very complex set of activities. And it's deeply embedded, embedded also into the culture. The way that we dress ourselves now is mostly by mass-manufactured clothing. Very few of us have tailored suits or dresses made specifically for a person by a dressmaker. Uh, and this uh, industrialized way of providing clothing is fraught with problems, problems that result from misunderstanding of the two-dimensional covering of three-dimensional complex form. And we normally talk, in everyday parlance, we talk about clothing sizing, but actually we should be talking about clothing shaping or shapes. What shape of dress are you? What shape of jacket you should buy? Not what size it is, because human body changes in ways that are disproportional. So a person who is two times taller than I am will not have the same body proportions as I do. And of course the body is, uh, and the clothing you wear, if you were to have your own suit made, it would be very expensive and you might keep it for 20 years in, uh, in the olden world. And so you'd know if your body was getting bigger because, uh, because it was larger in relation to what you were wearing. So it has some sort of serious implications for increasing body sizes in present, uh, present day life. Could you tell us a little bit about the mechanisms that are used, the instruments that are used for determining determining uh, body size, body shape, and all of those kinds of relationships. In mass production, we use what is called the sizing system that is based on anthropometric surveys. Such surveys of large samples of population, usually several thousand people from a given country or given region, have been run since 19. 20s, actually. The first survey of this kind was run by Berley, which is the firm making female underwear 
1926 in Australia. And uh, those surveys provide statistical bodies of data that are then analyzed and translated into dimensions of garments. The translation is fairly difficult because it's obviously impossible to produce a separate clothing or a separate set of uh, garments for a person by every centimeter of her or his width or height, so they must be grouped and categorization produces misfits quite often and especially if the categorization is done simplistically without considering the relationship between various human body parts and uh, body proportions. And uh, <laughs> as we all know, our bodies changed over the last few generations or over a few decades of the 20th century and the 21st. So, so as you're saying, if we put on weight across life, are you suggesting that actually if you carry more weight, then you're less likely to get flattering clothing because of the sizing systems that we have. Uh, absolutely. And obviously clothing is not just about comfort, it's also about uh, fashion. And uh, if a given society values fat people, which happened in the past, fat is beautiful, was a Victorian saying, then clothing will try to exaggerate or show off fatness. If we, as we do now, we value people who are very thin, uh, we will have a clothing that is trying to make people look thin, but it's not that easy. And here comes the inflation of sizes. The sizing systems that are constructed on past results of surveys, in Australia until very recently, the source of data for clothing sizing was an American survey run in 1940s with just slight modifications. So what was good in the past is not good at present. People change, we, our bodies are getting bigger and they are not getting bigger in all directions at the same rate. And therefore, if we were sticking to the old sizing system of size 8, 12, 10, whatever, very few people would be size 10 today and many would be size 22 or 24. But that would mean in a very obvious way that we are getting fatter. Mm. Thus, manufacturers are trying to flatter customers by inflating sizes. In other words, a piece of garment that is actually size 16 has a label size 12. And this makes not only for a better feeling of customers, but it also adds to bewilderment of customers because the same person going shopping for clothing in several different stores along the same street, once fits into size 12, once into size 16, once into size 20, <laughs> and eventually we don't know what it is. Yes, there are countries in Europe whose sizing systems are simply based on the number of centimeters or meters. And then once I measured myself and I go to a store and I say I want a jacket for chest circumference 112 centimeters and for body height 182 
centimeters, I'll get what I want. But when we are translating it into some strange categorical numbers, it doesn't work. Uh, the main problem, as I already said, is it's all called sizing. It should be called shaping. Hmm. Can I ask you, if um, uh, is there a sense that um, the whole shape of clothing is set by the smallest sizes for, I don't know, for example, the size 8, which everybody talks about, does then, you, do you then get an exaggeration of shape when you start to expand that out to larger sizes? So the further out you are, the, the further away you are, really, from, from the original idea of the shape of the garment. Uh, absolutely, yeah. because it is called grading. Once mm. a garment is designed, let's say for a woman size 10, and fits the model mm. that is size 10 and fits neatly, nicely. In order to produce size 18 or 20, various dimensions of this piece of clothing will be simply multiplied. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it becomes misshapen because, as I already said, when one body part increases, the other one does not increase at the same rate, whereas clothing increases at the same rate. So larger people usually struggle to find something that fits them neatly. But, but surely the use of imaging techniques beyond uh, anthropometry, imaging, scanning the whole body and so on, could, could help to resolve that, or doesn't it? Well, theoretically it does, practically it doesn't. There are now surveys, or there have been surveys run using whole body laser scanner. Such uh, equipment is very expensive, and therefore in order to scan a large group of people, for example 10,000 women, as it was done in the UK, you need cheaper scanners. And cheaper scanners have less precision, so eventually the data obtained from those scanners are not that precise and that are not that correct. Plus, the people working in the garment industry are used to certain ways of constructing their patterns and they know about chest circumference, they know about the waist circumference, the, they know about uh, back length and arm size and so on. There's quite a lot of specific terminology, body rise for example, this is the way you sit above the chair and so on. And they want those specific linear measurements rather than a nicely presented three-dimensional scan of a body. Mm. So there is a disjunction here and therefore we extract from three-dimensional scans very simple measurements, linear mm. measurements, so we lose a lot of information. One of my dreams is to get a lot of scans of actual people and ask the machine to calculate average XYZ position of each point that was scanned so as we get an average body shape of let's say 200 people. Yes. This um, needs to be done because then we can produce a mannequin yeah. and give it to clothing manufacturers to simply fit their garments to that mannequin. Okay. But this still takes a few steps to actually happen. What is happening is that individual people, that's for people who can afford it, can be scanned 
and their scan can be cast in 3D printing, yeah. and then they don't have to go to a dressmaker or tailor, they can send their body scan and the garment will be designed for them. But that's obviously a very small niche in the market. Of course, of course. But as we know, small niches often expand and, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't be uh, um, uh, stigmatizing people for the way they look and the way they are and, and uh, overweight and uh, obese people wouldn't have to be struggling with, with clothes and finding the right clothes in the way they are now. Yes. Yeah. And that, that would be certainly helpful to them, at least it would provide them with comfortable clothing, if nothing else. Yeah. But they still may be stigmatized for other reasons, social perception. But at least they will be comfortable, which is not happening right now. And obviously people would try to buy one size less because then they feel they are not that big mm. and they pour out of their clothing. And uh, this is not so bad. Because, uh, as we know, obesity is something that is not desirable health-wise. And therefore, the fact that some people become conscious of being too large for their clothing may make them seek ways to lose weight. Well, this is, there are many ways of, of, uh, of thinking about it, but this has allowed us a, a way of, 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 uh, of thinking about obesity that, uh, that we don't often do. So, Macha Henneberg, thank you very much. You're welcome.